Well, we've got word that Canada's building code is set to get a climate change rewrite. From how concrete is mixed for road construction to how roofs are constructed and built, uh, buildings, uh, they're going to be able to withstand apparently stronger storms. And there's also a plans to help home, homeowners manage increased flooding. Canada's building rules being rewritten due to climate change. Now, if no changes are made to the way we build, infrastructure failures linked to climate change could cost Canada, how about this, $300 billion is the estimate over the next decade alone. And of course, with Canada warming at uh, twice the rate of the rest of the world, as we found out uh, last week due to a leaked report, analysts are now saying it is crucial to redesign infrastructure that protects residents from extreme weather while also reducing uh, carbon dioxide emissions. For more on this now, we're joined by Kim Presnail, Associate Professor in the Department of Civil and Mineral Engineering at the University of Toronto, here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Kim, uh, good afternoon. Thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Good afternoon. All right. Uh, we've talked cap and trade in the past. Uh, there's the recently enacted uh, carbon tax, of course, as well. Just how important, though, is it to uh, really look at and change Canada's building codes and standards, do you think? Um I guess there's two sides to that. Um, one is it's really important that we move in the in the right direction, and improving the codes uh, from the energy provisions, which means ultimately reducing our carbon footprints. That's a great thing, and that's for new buildings. But we've also got to fix up our old ones as well. So um, I, I know right now you're concerned about the the new building codes and what's gonna, what's going to wait uh, for us. That's going to, a lot of it's going to go to how we build new buildings, but we also need to retrofit the existing ones, and we shouldn't forget that. Because at any given moment, 95% of our buildings are existing. Yeah, well, listen, I have to be honest. I live in a high-rise uh, downtown, and there's times on a cold winter's night where it's pretty cold. Uh, and I've thought to myself, just what were the standards here? Because, uh, you know, you can hear the wind. You can actually uh, feel it is colder in the, the condo than it would be you know, in the summer, and I'm thinking to myself, just how insulated is this? Right. Okay, and that's that's another issue. Um, your existing buildings, um, they've been built to a previous standard, and we probably weren't as concerned about energy, and now we're more concerned about energy, and, and so we need to build them better. And the neat thing is, as we build them better and lower energy and lower impact on the environment, they're a lot more comfortable. Sure. And they're a lot more resilient. If you have an energy interruption, you won't get so cold so quickly. It'll, it'll take longer for it to cool off. Or you can actually keep it warm or comfortable uh, comfortable for you um, with supplemental heat. Yeah. When we talk about retrofitting some of these uh, older buildings, and particularly buildings, say, I don't know, in the last 10, 15, even uh, 20 years, is it a case that we just really weren't that concerned, do you think, about uh, energy and uh, the environment and climate change? change or was it that the the technology just wasn't available and even in say the the last 10 even five years it's come that much further um i I think honestly it's all of the above i mean people will point fingers and say oh we didn't have the technology oh we weren't so concerned about energy but and or we're more concerned about economics and short-term economics um if you put them all together though what we were doing in 2005 didn't make a lot of economic sense and and there was objections to improving the ontario building code standards because they were concerned that people wouldn't actually be able to achieve it and 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 build to a higher standard and in fact technology and training and we've certainly dissipated that fear and we've 
certainly been able to build a lot better. And we've started on that path. And each subsequent building code change, 2010 um, and 2017, we've improved. So mm-hmm. we're getting better. And are those uh, codes, is that regulation, is that necessary? Because, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of these are developers and builders. I mean, they're businesses that are looking to make profits and, uh, you know, to walk away with a, with a buck or two uh, on a building. And uh, so sometimes we've got to make sure that those standards are there to ensure that, uh, you know, the, these buildings are as efficient as they possibly uh, can be because, uh, I mean, sometimes that is not the, the number one concern uh, for some. Um, I, that's a fair statement. I mean, a developer is worrying about the bottom line, and they want to build it as efficiently as they can, but they have to meet the building code. And if you're building in Toronto, you've got a Toronto Green Standard. And if they want to build more enlightened and sell their homes to enlightened buyers, then they can meet the voluntary standard, which is even a higher energy standard. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, those homes, um, that their condos, are going to be worth more. They may not now, more in the marketplace as energy prices rise and as people become more aware of the importance of living and treading more lightly on this earth. So, Do we have to try to balance that somehow with, I mean, we talk about affordability and affordable housing, particularly in the, the city of uh, Toronto, and if uh, we come in with a code that has got uh, a lot of new and pretty expensive technologies that have to be put in place, I mean, eventually that that's just going to get passed down to the, the consumer, and could that maybe possibly, although good for the environment, might it hurt those that are just trying to simply afford a place to live? I understand that, and that's where if you have some form of pollution pricing, you can, as a government, subsidize people so that they can achieve the standard, and, and that's been well recognized, and so we know it's going to cost more, but interestingly, if you were to build a very low-energy home today in Ontario and build it to a standard that we could be building to in 2030, the incremental cost is only maybe 10 or 15% more. So it's not that much more. And of course, people get scared and say, oh, that's a lot of money. But if energy prices rise, it's going to be a more affordable home to live in. The carrying costs are going to be less. If it's a condo, the uh, common expenses, if if all the energy bills are blended together, will be less. So uh, there's two sides to that one. All right. When we look at the uh, the building code and uh, rewriting, changing things uh, to make sure our buildings are more energy efficient and are j- just better for the environment as a whole, uh, where do you think, uh, you know, I mentioned off the top, but we're talking about things like uh, the concrete that is being used for road construction, uh, the roofing, uh, roof standards uh, for, for buildings. Uh, where is it we could see the biggest difference, Kim? Um, I, honestly, every difference that we make is all helpful. Some are more helpful than others. I can point to a building and say probably 30% of buildings or 30% of all energy use is because of buildings. 25% of our carbon output is because of buildings. And then if you want to look at concrete, there's certainly a lot of research now being done to try to lessen the carbon footprint of producing concrete and placing concrete. It's a dense material, requires a lot of energy. So we're making grounds there. Incrementally, they're small. Um, the single biggest place where we can make a difference is in operational energy, which is uh, energy required to heat or cool our buildings. Yeah, uh, for those that are listening and have uh, got an existing home and uh, they're looking at making a few improvements uh, of their own, is there some advice you could give them? Is there one thing that uh, they, they should be doing? I mean, is it just something as simple as, uh, I don't know, uh, upgrading and updating uh, your windows and making sure that, uh, you know, you don't have drafts and you're, you know, leaking energy that way? 
Okay, if it's a single-family home and if it's built more than 15 years ago, probably 50% of the heat losses are from air exchange, just air blowing through it, so air tightening. It's usually a lower-cost measure. You might have to get a professional to come in and do it, but the paybacks are very short, and so that's something very simple. Windows are definitely more complex. Um, they aren't just a matter of saving energy. They're also for improving comfort. Um, one of the things about condominiums, if you have large floor-to-ceiling glass, um, many of those condominiums, you can't sit near that glass in the wintertime because it's so cold. And we have more our better improved technology for, for glazing. And if you install higher glazing, not only we save energy, but more importantly, it'll be a lot more comfortable. All right. Got to leave it there. Uh, Kim, thank you so much uh, for the time and the information. Right. Really appreciate you joining us this Good afternoon. You as well. There goes uh, Kim Presnail, Associate Professor in the Department of Civil and Mineral Engineering at the University of Toronto on this uh, proposed change to Canada's uh, building code to rewrite our uh, building code for climate change.